You know things, I know some too. Sit right down, the will explain them to you. If there's a thing you want to explain, these two feminists can entertain. Nerdy stuff, sexy stuff, so much to know. Tune in for the Femsplain Show. Femsplain! Good morning, Avalon. Hi, Diana. How are you? I'm doing pretty good. Uh, I am very excited. We have our first ever two guest Femsplain happening. Uh, good morning, Olivia and Philomena. How are you? Oh, good morning. Um, I'm, I'm awake. <laughs> good morning. Yeah. <laughs> West Coast early morning. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you for waking up with us. That's very nice of you. And uh, good morning to to the femsplainers out there. Uh, speaking of femsplained, Avalon, do you want to, <laughs> what is femsplained? Femsplained is the podcast you are currently listening to. Uh, it is a surprise. Surprise! <laughs> it's a queer femme nerd podcast where we just carve out a little bit of space and a little bit of time every week to talk about something nerdy that we're into. Yep. And no one is allowed to question us. Uh, and that that is the deal. So um, last uh, our last Femsplained will have been our last Femsplained of the year, our year in review homework special extravaganza. Uh, and before we get into the next uh, topic, Avalon, what has nerd culture done for you lately? I really, really hate that I always go first. I know, I but really you let do. me talk first, so. Oh, damn. <laughs> um, all right, what have I been doing this week? It's been a little bit, I've been a little holiday saturated, so it's been hard to find time to do anything nerdy for me, as it were. Uh, I feel yeah. like I've just been uh, doing all of that performative yeah. stuff. <laughs> for, yeah. yeah. Do you have anything upcoming that you're looking forward to? Mm. Only stuff that I can't talk about, actually. <gasps> oh, the coveted can't yes. talk about it. <laughs> I that's <laughs> that's so exciting. It's true. Um, uh, Olivia, Philomena, do you have any nerdy cup fillage that has happened? Anything that's been uh, uh, really rewarding for you in the nerdosphere lately? Oh, God, that's a really, really difficult question to ask this week. <laughs> <laughs> this is this is the week that um, if for, for those listening at home, this is the week that um, Cyberpunk 2077 launched. <laughs> yeah, it's OK. In in last week's. Yeah. In last week's episode, I did. I, I we do occasionally talk about how nerd culture has wronged us. So that is, you do not have to talk specifically about uh, something joyful. I know it has been a nightmarish. Uh, She's been playing um, Valhalla. Oh, Assassin's Creed. Creed. Yeah. Which I don't like. Oh, How are you liking it? I, I don't like it at all, but I have been enjoying making fun of it. So that counts, right? <laughs> I'm having nice. a lot of fun with it. Like yeah. I'm, I'm the, the, the writing isn't the best for the series, but no. I've been having a lot of fun with it. It's the, it's an enjoyable experience. I'm not going to get over it's not Cassandra. That's what it comes down to <laughs> for me. I've yeah, been... <laughs> I love Odyssey. Oh my yeah. God, yes. so much. That's, and that's the reason why I did a day one purchase is because of Odyssey. And I was yeah. like, this is not Odyssey. No. <laughs> this is not oh, my girlfriend. All right. No. <laughs> Wait, so this is, this is, so Valhalla ha is, the, is after Odyssey in this game series? Y yes. Oh, I did not realize that. Wow. Yeah, everybody seems to be a big fan of Cassandra. I'm shocked that there is not a Cassandra uh, in this one. No, like the the protagonist is very like sort of dull. Like she's not particularly interesting, and she's mm -hmm. definitely not like charming and fun the way no. that Cassandra was. So. No. Yeah. Cassandra's Aww. the best. <laughs> yeah, Avalon really likes that. Game. I do. It's a very high bar to cross. It's it's it's, it's got three of the yeah. best characters in video games. It's got Cassandra. It's got Cassandra's left arm and her right arm. <laughs> it's funny. I completely forget that you could play as not Cassandra in that game. And I saw someone streaming it the other day, and I was like, "What? Is that, is that like a DLC yeah. or something?" <laughs> I know. Yeah. I I remember not 
terribly too long ago that somebody was like, nobody likes games that have a female protagonist. And I was like, this this game, I've never seen a screenshot or fan video of the male protagonist in that game. I've never seen one. I had no recollection of that. So clearly we're living on different internets. It's interesting. Um, I almost want to play as the male protagonist because I'd like to see Cassandra as the antagonist. Like it's very hard for me to imagine her in that role. It would take so long oh. to get to that point though. And like yeah. she's I such know. a bit yeah. at that point. So like, yeah. I would love to see it, but that's a, that's a YouTube thing. I think. Yeah. 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 That's, that's what, that's why God made YouTube yes. for, uh, is seeing the parts of video games I don't want to play. Um, so I could see Cassandra as both genders, the good guy and bad guy. Yeah. Yes, exactly. <laughs> There's gotta be a way to mod that together. Right? So it's just Cassandra v. Cassandra. For me, it's 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 so that I can see all of the scenes in which you're allowed to disappoint people in the Dragon Age series. I cannot do it. I can't do it, but I know it exists out there, but I can't disappoint. I can't I can't make them upset, Uh, which that brings me to what nerd culture did for me this week, which was much better than my last one where the Dragon Age fandom exploded voice actors started being terrible and bioware imploded from the inside out um this week they gave me crumbs they gave me a trailer that is basically nothing but i've watched it 57 times so i i'm very happy it just makes me uh feel good uh pleasing feelings so i'm excited about that and also it uh I guess the best thing for me that happens whenever Bioware makes any kind of announcement about Dragon Age is not so much what the content that they release is, but that it like injects adrenaline directly into the heart of all the sleeping Dragon Age fans out there. And they just like awake and the fan art and the, the fan fiction and all of the, the memes and cartoons just start flowing again. And it it it, it brings me joy and life um i will never forgive yeah. them so for yeah i will never forgive I, them for I, the pain. <laughs> I will never forgive them for drawing him the way that they did and giving him a voice actor with such a hot voice. right <laughs> it's like it's a crime like he looks like a joke but he sounds like daddy it's like so <laughs> it's so <laughs> it's so uh mismatched i can't take it um but we <laughs> but there we are, we are. You know, like a surprise uh, daddy sometimes <laughs> that that daddy bit kind of creeps up on you and then he talks and you're like oh oh okay <laughs> well, <sure. laughs> well yes sir <laughs> yes i oh, oh uh i did not expect uh wow betrayal and so sexy <laughs> um yeah, yeah. <laughs> That is, uh, that, that's what it's done for me. It's a whole big mess of Bioware. Um, I like this but... podcast that you have where we just sit around kind of thirsting over video game characters. This is great. <laughs> yes. Yeah, it, it always winds up that way somehow. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> but um, I, we, do, we did bring these two, two lovely people here to talk about something really exciting and really cool um, that... Avalon and I actually got a chance to have an actual interaction with, uh, which is really exciting. Um, So we're not coming in uh, totally unaware. Uh, But uh, yeah, Olivia, Philomena, please um, tell me about iHunt in your most, um, let's start with the elevator pitch. Hi, Dozer. Yeah, the the elevator pitch for iHunt is it's it's, um, Buffy meets Uber. Mm. it's um monster hunting in the gig economy yeah wow yeah wow that's so <laughs> um i that's so <laughs> yeah that's a stellar elevator pitch it really is um so when uh so i hunt came onto onto my radar i guess a couple months ago when did you when when did that actually get published um the game got published 
almost exactly a year ago. It was like the 19th of December of last year. So we're coming up on the one year anniversary. Um, it's based on a novel series that I started publishing in 2015. Yep. Oh, wow. I did not know that. Before the bubble. Uh, yeah. Yeah. So... <laughs> So publishing, publishing an RPG, uh, I mean, it's a it's a weird space to to navigate. Mm -hmm. um, it's a very it's so big and there are so many um, choices and options for for how to go about it. I mean, you can take a pre-existing IP and hack it. You can take a pre-existing system and rewrite on top of it. You can write an entirely new system and I hunt to my understanding is sort of like a mix of a pre-existing system the, the fate system and your own invention of a system put together uh so I guess my question is how did you decide how you wanted the game to operate like where you wanted to take the building blocks from um well from from a, a gameplay perspective um, I was considering a lot of things. Uh, the iHunt game really is like the fourth iteration of what I wanted it to be. Yeah. Uh, like originally it was its own thing. And then I was also looking at um, an Apocalypse World um, hack. I was looking at um, Cortex. Yeah. Um, but the licensing was mm. a little weird at the time with that. And then um, I had a whole different thing that I was doing that was completely fresh. Mm. Um, we tested a lot of stuff. Yeah. Um, eventually, it we sort of found, settled with fate because, like... It could make you feel like you were in mm. one of the scenes of the book. Yeah. Fate, fate, mm. fate fosters... Um, like this this really cool arc of kind of it doesn't feel like a big win it doesn't feel like a big win it doesn't feel like a big win and then it feels like such a big win so like with your characters you're building aspects as the scenes are going on so you're doing the the grunt work you're doing the hard work um and then narratively right. you're boosted up by the time that you get to that that final confrontation with the monster mm -hmm. And so, you know, at that point, after you've done the hard work, the millennial experience, you can crush the problem. But it's just that it took you so much hard work to get there. Mm, right. And that's like, that's a big, I mean, that's, that's the theme of this game is, is the gig economy is like that, that, um, you know, these micro jobs that we all have to do. Uh, but you're just applying a fantasy supernatural narrative like to that very real thing that we're all doing like it's it's pretty cool it might have been a little hard to just sell the uber experience <laughs> but if you add <laughs> vampires that you get to kill at the end then it's at least satisfying you know yeah. <laughs> yes yes and unfortunately gig economy workers do not get to uh in inflict violence on those that wrong them four thousand <laughs> times a day yeah well, you know, we get told a lot, oh, this sounds like such a dark game. It doesn't sound like it's any fun. And like, well, okay, <laughs> sure. But like in the real world, I can deliver other people's takeout all day long and I'll never get to stab Dracula. Yes. Mm -hmm. But in I Hunt, at least I get to stab a Dracula. I don't get to stop the, you know, the huge problematic systems that oppress me. But hey, that's one dead vampire I can at least acknowledge. You know? Yeah. <laughs> and I feel like it it speaks to the experience of of being potentially a, a marginalized identity grappling with whatever society has become that gig economy is where we're at um that you are coping with the darkness through humor and fun mm -hmm. yeah yeah in some ways and i feel like at least in our one shot that kind of emerged in some ways um uh, i don't know that's humor's my coping mechanism so i i feel like the fun is in the darkness when you're trying to deal. <laughs> yeah, the the novel series was really like very like sort of tongue in cheek and sort of fourth wall breaking. In a lot of ways, it was like the I, it was like an answer to um, Buffy, Supernatural, like all of the stuff that I grew up with. Mm. <clears throat> and like I I've since gone back and I've rewatched and like reread a lot of that stuff. 
And I realized that it doesn't really fit the paradigms that I live in today. Mm. Um, and so that's, so I wanted to take an, a sort of like an irreverent lens to that. And the game and everything around it sort of evolved out of that. Like it's extremely an online game. Like it's it's for people who who know Mims. It's for people who like if I talk about you know thirty or so feral hogs in the book, they're gonna laugh. Like they're gonna get that. Even if right. they're laughing because the mem is now old. Yes, yeah. and it's even <laughs> called out as such in the right, book. Right, right, right. Uh, like we, it is it is like supposed to be terminally on the pulse, and I feel like that fosters that that irreverence and it fosters that sense of dark humor um because it it allows people like it gives them permission to just completely like completely go haywire yeah yeah that that is a big thing that i found in just in just a, a lifetime of gaming is like more so than the rules or the actual encounters that are written the tone that a game book is written in is definitely going to subtly influence how I walk in to play the game. Like you read like a world of darkness book and they're like, terror is everywhere. You walk into that, you, you, you take, you start to uh, embody the grim dark when you, when you walk into the game. But like when a game does um, speak lightheartedly, speak in jokes, speak in, and it speaks in language that I'm using all the time. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Which is uh, something I, one, very much appreciate, uh, <laughs> and two, uh, feel like I can kind of walk into the game and, and, and be myself with it. Yeah, yeah. I think that, like, if I, if I give a list of, like, all of the games that really influenced me growing up, mm. and, like, as a designer, as an adult they all have strong authorial voice that does that. It sort of like gives that permission. You know, you look at, um, you know, World of Darkness, which I got my start on. Uh, you look at you know, Dogs in the Vineyard. Unknown Armies. Unknown Armies, Apocalypse World. Yeah. Like these are all games that have a voice. A very distinct voice. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Yes. A very distinct voice. And reading it just sort of like, like it soothes you into the right place that you need to be. Yeah. And so many games, they like pull you out of where we are right now. You know, you, you're a dogs in the vineyard. It's got this, this very like sort of high and mighty tone because you're, you know, Mormons in the 19th century, whatever. Um, and I had yet to see a game that pulled you back into now and told you it's okay to be the person that you are. And that, that, mm. that was what we really wanted to hit home with, with that tone. I mean, when, when we played World of Darkness 8 million years ago when we were young, uh, you know, right after we discovered fire, um, <laughs> they would... Yeah, 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 yeah I'm with you. The first, the first thing that a game group always wants to do with the World of Darkness game is, well, let's play ourselves, mm -hmm. right? That's what everybody wants to do. Oh, um, my God. Right? <laughs> I'm, I'm, <laughs> I, yeah, that's giving me some flashbacks. <laughs> I'm, I'm having trauma. Yeah. Oh, I'm sorry. I just called this all out. Way to drag us. That's great. Um, but the thing is, like, I don't know that the World of Darkness book supported that because it wasn't really built with that in mind. Even like the Mortals mm -hmm. book wasn't really expecting you to play yeah. yourself. I think if you wanted to grab a group of friends and whatever substance is legal in your area to consume and make yourselves as a group of hunters, you can do that. And it's not a problem. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Uh, <laughs> um. It, it really is true. Uh, you know, I got so excited uh, when I was just like first Googling uh, about iHunt um, when we were doing when we were prepping to do our one shot. And I was so disappointed <laughs> because I I searched iHunt and the first thing that came up was an app on the app store. And I was like, oh, holy shit. And. It's just it's just a a, a hunting man's app. Yeah. <laughs> it's just an actual, and I've never been so disappointed by by like compasses and, and talk about uh, hides and things. Uh, but but in the game, there actually is an app. It's like it's literally like an like an Uber or or yeah. Seamless or whatever. Um, but instead of um, taking rides or whatever you are taking gigs to either hunt down or investigate uh, some sort of supernatural 
occurrence. And um, a lot of times you are like you're in a group uh, or you're from an agency uh, or whatever. uh, And you have this group of people that you go out and do this like sort of modern day mercenary work with. Um, I would say because Avalon and I got to play in just a one shot, something I find is that one shots, you get a little taste of the game, but you probably don't ever get like to experience some of the like deeper meat and potatoes, um, like of, of the game. Um, would you say that there's a much different experience in, in a campaign version of this game? than in a one-shot, like stuff that that you wouldn't really get to in a one-shot? Yeah, definitely. Um, so Liv, Liv handed off to me on this one. So one of the things that's really important, the, um, the kind of advancement mechanic that's honestly, it's one of the most fun parts of the game to me, is the, the selfie system, which is basically at the end of a game sesh, you all sit around and you're like, okay, what was your big mood? You know, or what was, you know, what was the thing that happened this episode that was like, oh, my God, that's so me. Um, And you describe the selfie, you take a note down on it. Um, So, for example, we're playing, we play, we actually play our own game, which sounds (laughs) weird. Um, And uh, Liv was running a game and I have my Italian American princess who is also a beauty, beauty vlogger. And look, long story short, she pushed a werewolf out a window, right? Um, And (laughs) so... I was like, well, what? Oh, I got it. And I made a little picture and I wrote on it. Um, uh, what's the word for throwing someone out a window? Defenestration. Defenestration is Italian for love. And <laughs> um, and that was my selfie. It was just like this little moment from the game. And then in a future session, if I were to, I don't know, push somebody out a window again, which I will, um, I can tag that selfie, right? And I can say, do you guys remember the time that I pushed a werewolf out a window? And they'll all go, oh, yeah. And now I'm boosted in my action to push somebody out the window because, hey, we've seen this gag before. Oh, my God. That's brilliant. Yeah. That's so brilliant. Yeah. So you're building up this scrapbook, often physically, if you can manage it. Um, I have a digital version. But you'll build, you're building up this scrapbook of all of the great things that happened to your character over the course of the adventure. And you're calling back on it because, like, look, the government can take your money. Your boss can take your job. Um, that friend that you broke up with, that friend breakup, you know, that sort of thing can take your social clout, but the only thing nobody can take away from you is your memories probably. Um, Mm. and so like as shitty as things can be for the millennial vibe, um, like the end result is we are building these memories almost defiantly in a society that says that we should be forgettable. Um, so like, I don't know, the mechanic is both super funny, um, and like, kind of heavy when you take when you take that step back and go oh well, that's what that is <laughs> i love i i love that i yeah uh, that was really I, impactfully stated <laughs> yeah, yeah i just i <laughs> well it's like it's such a it's such a natural thing that we want like when we're playing these games especially in campaign format like you i think it, it's it's one there's there's a tendency sometimes as the as a player at a table to get very um like wrapped up in your in your own actions um so there's also like a benefit to taking time at the end of a session to like share like our own favorite moment with each other yeah or our own like accomplishment with each other so that like we kind of like hammer in a collective memory instead of just like the individual experience of 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 your own character um and like naturally we want to recall cool shit we did um but you actually gave it a mechanic and made it purposeful i like that a lot what other are there other games that were particularly like in, inspirational or inspiring to i hunt like I know there are other games that we all played, but not I, I've never come across anything that's quite like this uh, in, in any real way. But maybe there's something out there that did sort of seed uh, inspiration. Yeah, and you should play it. 
Um, <laughs> yeah. Ooh. Um, so, like, I, Philomena might have the different set of answers, but no. basically, oh, okay. My my sort of whole, <laughs> my my holy trinity of I hunt influences in games um, is basically okay. So the first one is um, a game called Human Occupied Landfill. Um, oh right, that's where we differ. Go on. That is where we differ. <laughs> um, it was a game that was um, it was originally an indie game. It was a, eventually it was republished by White Wolf, um, and it's a a really weird humor game um, that was all laid out by hand. Like all of the text was like hand inserted into the book. And it's it's super irreverent, like it's terribly edited on purpose, and it's really 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 funny. Um, it's and it takes the piss out of a lot of other games. Um, like it's very dated, but like it makes fun of rifts and stuff. Like and it's it's just it's a really weird game. Um, sure, sure. It helped me sort of like hammer down the irreverent tone of the book. Um, in like. And I haven't really seen anything else that does it on the scale that it does. Like yeah. there are some micro games and stuff, but it's like a full game. Um, and it's it was interesting in that way. Um, the second one is um, is Power Kill, which is not really much of a game. Um, it's like a web, it's on a web page and it's a it's a meta game that you can play. Um, it's by John Tynes. Um, it's a real trip. Oh. And the um, the idea is, yeah, it's 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 weird. What yeah. it is is it's a it's a patina that you play over another game, um, and like it's 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 very dated. There's some like problematic language that I wouldn't use today, but basically mm. the idea is is that you play the game that you are otherwise playing D and D, Shadowrun, White Wolf, whatever, and you play it with the assumption that you are a person talking to a therapist about these experiences. And you have to like ask yourself, like, how many orphans did I make today? And stuff like that. Like it's it's extremely introspective and dark. Um, and the the it was a very early attempt at critiquing what games could be mm-hmm. and what games were. Yeah. Um, and then the third one is also partly by John Tynes and um Greg Greg Stoltze. Mm. Um, and that would be Unknown Armies. Yeah. Um Unknown Armies oh, is yes, yeah. like maybe my favorite game ever. Um, it and, is the most humanistic game on the planet. Yeah, it's ext- it, like if if like I it it is very close to what I Hunt wanted to be in a lot of ways, but it wasn't it's not so funny. No, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um Right, okay. It's extremely dark and yeah. it can be extremely like emotionally exhausting to play if you're playing it right. And if you're not playing it right, it doesn't really work very well. So it's it's a <laughs> right, heavy right. game. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. But it is it is like the best urban fantasy, like modern supernatural game out there. And all of the things that happen in the game are the character's choice. Yes. And I think that that's really important, at least to the I Hunt vibe. Mm-hmm. Um, now we, yeah. we, we fill that more with the systems that we use to facilitate that. But like their, boy, howdy, their um, meta like kind of plot their their big story is so incredible and so much that humanistic like no we we've created the world that we've lived in now we have to decide if we're going to change it um is all throughout their 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 lore um which is kind of behind a couple of doors you got to dig a little bit to get it and it's really it's really cool yeah um the only thing i would definitely add to that is you forgot leverage yeah, leverage is also a big um, for me. Big leverage thing. was a big influence, and that's um that's based on the TV show by John Rogers and Dean Devon. Devon. Yeah, Devlin. Devlin. Thank you. Um, mm-hmm. and they did it in Cortex, and I think you got to work on one of the books. I got to work on three of the books. You got to work on three of the books. I didn't yeah. get to work. It's it's an amazing game. <laughs> hugely hugely influential. Yeah, but definitely definitely that one. Yeah. That one left a mark. <laughs> yeah, it, it, well, it, um, it has a, a sort of a proto version of what ended up being our selfie system. Yeah, yeah. Um, it also does really oh. good with like spotlight scenes and stuff. Yeah. Um, a lot of the a lot of the sort of the, the GM advice in iHunt, which I think is some of the best out there, mm. uh, it evolved from what Leverage did. Yeah, because Leverage is competence porn. Yeah. And iHunt is as much <laughs> as much as it is economic horror, it is also competence porn. Yeah. Um, <laughs> We do want iHunters to cut people's heads off and look awesome doing it, you know. Yeah, 
Yeah, it's just that they instead of using the skills of a, a seasoned murderer, a seasoned fighter, yeah. they're using the skills of a barista. They're yeah. using the skills <laughs> of an Uber driver. Yeah. And because we're millennials, we have to adapt. Right. And like that's leverage, right? Like right. they always win. We know that they're going to win, but they just they use their their weirdly specific, very, very big competencies to yeah. do that. Yeah. Right. I. <sighs> What did I do, Avalon, in our in our session zero episode? It it was uh, something. I mean, it, it. I remember it took place in a coffee shop. Yeah, <laughs> but um, I don't remember what it was, but that definitely and, yeah rung a bell for me. I think I like I there was like there was like some sort of specter like fl- like flying around destroying this coffee shop, um, and and I like filtered the coffee through it or something. something like yeah, and. Uh, I don't know. It just it, it it lent to a lot of uh, free creativity. There's you know there in a lot of games. There in almost all of the games that that we that are popular in the sphere. There's like a s- set list of things that you can do, and you pick from them. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, and deviations from that when the system doesn't support it can kind of cause a lot of like confusion for GMs I think mm-hmm. like when when you're trying to decide when it's okay to deviate and when it's not and there's no system in place for that um and I think it's it it's very nice to play a game that specifically starts with that in mind um for sure and uh and the other thing there was one other thought that I was having oh is that Something I really appreciated about iHunt, and this is something that anytime I encounter this with a game, it's automatically like going to the top of my list, is that the character creation process is as fun as the game. Because it like you're you're not building a character based on randomization, based on numbers, based on math or crunch. It's you're you're creating a person in the way that I create like fan fiction OCs, you know, like yeah, yeah, yeah. you're like you're like building together um, a person based on personality traits. Uh, and it's a very fun and funny uh, experience to go through. Um, can can you I don't know talk about how you came up with that process a little bit because I am fascinated by it well so I'm not I'm not I don't write ships or anything like that that you'll ever be able to find attached to my name um but but (laughs) fan culture the the good parts of fan culture is deeply interesting to me so like almost sociologically I study that less than the fan fictions themselves if that makes any sense Mm -hmm. totally yeah yeah, and I've done a lot of like sort of free formed role playing where like they've never heard of D and D, and it's all like chat based, and there's always these rules about who can be your play by, and you know what actors are on the no no list, and no it it can be an anime character or it can't be like that kind of weird free form mm-hmm. stuff, um, and it it brought me to this idea that like I don't know character creation doesn't it it can absolutely be its own fan fiction of your character if that makes any sense mm-hmm. like yeah when you're done with i hunt with your i hunt character creation you should have a character that you already want to ship <laughs> if shipping mm-hmm. is your thing yeah like, like and you you've right. done you've done all the work of establishing what you need to know to play them in that freeform message board mm-hmm. game or you've done all the work to write them in in your in your self-insert fantasy whatever um, sorry, go ahead. Yeah, so we just basically, we wanted you to both have a character and have the profile of the character for your personal shipping back home, I guess, you know? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Right. And I'm somebody who really maybe over delves into original character creation. And and the prompts with this, I was surprised, took me much deeper than I normally go, even just for a one shot, um, to the point where it made me kind of reassess, like, what the potential is for character creation and other systems for myself. Mm-hmm. Yeah. When you messaged me, like after we had done our session zero and you were like, I, I forget what you said, but you were like, 
<laughs> I think, did you like create a pick guru of your character or something? I like did. That? Or you did. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and I was like, oh, Avalon's in. She's gone. <laughs> she like, what? Yeah, <laughs> I was genuinely that upset happen? that it was a one shot. It's like, like, I right, feel like I've invested right. so much in this character, but it was a very smooth character creation process at the same time. Yeah. Well, and you can pick her up and put her somewhere else too. Like that'll be fine. <laughs> yeah. Yes, I definitely yeah, will. I wish I Modern characters is you can port them to whatever game, right? Oh yeah, it's true. <laughs> that is so true. That's so, that's very, very true. We really love like theater games. We really love like mm. creative writing exercises. That's a big thing. Like, you know, that's, I'm formally a fiction writer. That's what I come from or go to when I'm sad. Uh, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> And so we're very fiction focused, which is one of the reasons why fate worked. Um, but like, so we, we do these kinds of exercises in a lot of our games. So um, Amaranthine, which is a much older game that needs an update very badly. Um, but one of the things we did for character creation in Amaranthine is you're playing these immortals who are reincarnated and they run into mm -hmm. each other over and over again. Right. Mm -hmm. And in order to like, rather than like build a complicated backstory for all of your past relationships, which would be a nightmare. We just make these rules that when you're working with the other characters at the table, you establish, okay, you and I, we've only kissed once. We've never dated. We've always killed each other in the end. And we've never um, lived happily ever after. And so it's a, we have always, we have never, we have once, and we have sometimes or something like that. Mm. And by making those broad statements about the previous relationships, suddenly you can build out backwards at the drop of a hat. Um, wow, yeah. So, so like giving you enough to have a deep character without having to go through the work of making deep character stuff, like that's our bread and butter. That's our favorite thing to do. Yeah, that's that's pretty good. I mean, there are very, uh, again, it's, it's another thing that there are very few games that give you an, a working, or I should say there are very few games because I do not have an, an an encompassed knowledge of, of all the games that are out there. There are so many that I'm sure are doing great work with this, but it's not in, in the, in the mainstream popular games, there's very rarely any mechanic for, for s establishing the relationship between the characters at the table. Mm -hmm. uh, like a lot of times, in fact, in, in, in the uh, in the D twenty game, that's usually a source of a lot of like stress and and conflict. In fact, to like try to figure that out in the in the beginning sections yeah. of the campaign, right? Like that's like why are we all doing this together all of a sudden? It's like well, we yeah. were in a bar fight together. We met in a bar fight, and that's how we're friends, right? <laughs> yes. Like, that's how yeah. That <laughs> now we die for each other. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Exactly. So I, I that's another thing. Um, the game, I, I mean, from my perspective, the game looks like it's a big success. I mean, it's a gold bestseller on drive through, which I know is not the end all be all, but it's, that's not the only place you can buy it. So it's like, it's gold on there. Plus you sell it, uh, independently. And now the big thing is that now we can get, if I'm wrong, please correct me, but we can get like a physical copy of it. Yeah. Um, so yeah, drive through is like not even our biggest outlet. We sell more through itch. Um, it's doing better wow. than any of our other games so far. It's doing very well um, by our standards at the very least. And if you're looking for weird indie games, like itch is where you start. Yeah. Itch is the most amazing place. Yeah. Um, but yeah, we, yeah. Are, um, we are, we are currently as of this recording, we're taking pre-orders for the physical book is an interesting thing. Um, we were successful enough that we were able to fund the full offset print run um, ourselves, which is um, we were really shocked by. Like we didn't need to crowdfund it or anything. Um, the game just did well enough to support it. Um, we were expecting to do wow. the game in like print on demand form. Yeah. Um, and like it still will have a print on demand, but like we weren't expecting to be able to afford to do that. And so it was kind of blindsided us. And we, I've been working on it for like six months, the, the physical version. And so we got like a really like fancy, like we, it's it's like a gold foil stamped cover. It's got Ooh. like a <laughs> bookmark. Like uh, it, yeah. It looks like the kind of thing that like you see in a bookstore. Like it looks like a high end, you know, 
big tier publisher. It's a flex. Uh, it is a flex. <laughs> it's a yeah. flex. I'm excited about it already. <laughs> we, um, I wanted to like, it's, it's like, there's a part of me that just really wanted to have a pretty book. Um, like, like I really wanted to have a pretty book, but also like I, we're, we're indies. It's just us. Like we work with our graphic designer friend Sita, but like, we just, we make these games. We don't work for a studio. We, these, this is not a property that anyone else owns. And I want people to see that like indies who are like, you know, scraping together cash here and there, like we can make really cool, very pretty, very like robust things. Um, like, yeah. You can do that. That's just a thing that you can do. And I'm like, a lot of people have been like, oh my God, this looks like something that like, you know, Wizards of the Coast or, um, you know, Modifius or huh. whatever published. I'm sorry. No, your fave could never. Yeah. <laughs> so. yeah. Speaking of, uh, did you say Fr Francita? Is that the graphic designer name? Yeah, okay. she, Francita's our graphic designer. After everything, after the core book, basically, like whenever we started doing supplements and stuff, we brought her on because the book was successful enough. Um, I did the graphic wow, design in right. the core book. Yeah. Oh, okay. I, that's what I was getting to. The the Is that the layout of it like that whole formatting with all the the colors and the um fonts and stuff i don't know it's just a very visually interesting book uh to look at and through and i just wanted to to know where to throw my kudos at yeah thank uh, you thank you unfortunately femsplainers at this point we had a little bit of a technical difficulty and lost some of what olivia and philomena were saying so we had to cut and jump right back in so this is going to sound like a context jump because it is sorry so um one thing i think that the the previous recording mix missed that i i so if you don't mind repeating but about finding your target audience in the actual plays philomena you mm -hmm. you were talking about that and i think it's so true and impactful so like back back before we kind of stepped away from gaming for a little bit um you know it was all game designers talking to each other uh who weren't playing any games you know like there there were there were there were places where that happened but by and large it was just us talking endlessly about theory um and comparing all of these books to theoretical examples of what the player wants and what the player needs and when we came back it was around the time when you could like see an actual play and like there were streamers who were setting up their whole identity around that actual play and so i could look at a field of streamers and all of the headphoned people and know oh there's my audience i can see her i can see them they are they are you know my age and younger um they've you know they're tech savvy they're internet aware and you know they they all have instagram accounts and like they'll get this game they will understand this game and they will play this game and that yes, was kind yeah. of like a that was a it was a good moment for us i think it it really is i i i love that that culture has come about and it's it's definitely personally responsible for introducing me to several new games like actual plays so it is it's a pretty it's a pretty awesome culture that's erupted mm -hmm. and we were able to like directly interact with streamers and benefit them like we can i can make a streamers pack so that you guys can you know, well francita francita can make a streamers <laughs> pack for us that's um you know here use this on your your away menu and your your away screen yeah you're good to go yeah. you've already got your i hunt branding we're handing it to you because we want you to use it I have a mm -hmm. list of like, I, I made a YouTube um, playlist of like, what, dozens of actual plays that I've come across. Yeah. Um, yeah. So yeah. like, you know, I want to make sure that everybody sees, oh, this is happening. You can do this and we will support you in doing this. Yeah, that support is really palpable and and was a very unique part of just our one shot. I think initially it was like a little intimidating, <laughs> but then it was... It was just awesome. <laughs> it was just different. Um, and I... Enthusiasm was a little much, huh? Sorry. No, not no, at all. It, it was, was more we like... We just didn't want to mess up because we were like, oh my like, God, the oh writers, God, the it's, it's real people. Oh no. <laughs> They're watching us play this game. <laughs> yeah. Um, and I think it just made us want to do it justice. But um, but the, I think once we realized it was a little more down to earth, 
than we were projecting. It was really cool. <laughs> yeah, it, it was. It was very exciting um, and supportive <laughs> in a nice way. Um, wow. So what's uh, so what's what's next? Uh, is there more? I mean, I know you already said that you, you're releasing new information on the Patreon, uh, the zines, which is a, such a cool concept um, that are being released. Uh, is there more coming from iHunt or do you, uh, if you can say, if you have new RPG plans or things like that? Yeah. You, um, well, first off. I'm next. Yeah. Why don't you talk, <laughs> why don't you talk about Flatpak? <laughs> So um, the next game that we're releasing is a, a rebuild of a game I wrote a couple of years ago called Flatpak Picks the Future, and it is an optimistic post-apocalyptic game. Oh, that's easy to say. Uh, <laughs> and I'm going to basically hack the heck out of a fate game and give you a game where, okay, the basic premise is, yeah, okay, the world as we know it ended. Sure, that sucks. But, hey, you're alive. Everybody's alive. You know, everybody who's in the game is alive. And so you're playing like sort of young, ambitious people who have, who have left their arcologies, left their their tunneled chambers, and are going out into the world for on grand adventures to rebuild human civilization. And they're doing it by collecting flat packs, which are like like IKEA furniture, but instead of it being a couch, it's a hospital. <laughs> Oh, and oh. right. And once you build a hospital for your village, now everybody has medical care. And so you're kind of adventuring and it's a no combat system. It's all about like fixing broken robots and convincing people to be your friend. Um, you know, it is targeted towards a, a younger audience than say I hunt, for example, <laughs> but um, it's going to be, but it is, it's a lot of fun for grownups to take a break and, and it's going to be a coloring book probably. Um, <laughs> wow yeah so you know we're kind of going for the opposite mood in a good way you know <laughs> wow that really appeals to the part of me that likes to play chore-based video games in like a big way <laughs> yeah, yeah, she yeah. plays stardew valley all day like that's so um yeah so that's flat pack um the I guess the other big thing that we're doing um, right right away is that starting in January, every month we're doing a different decade of the 20th century for yeah. iHunt. Yeah. Um, so we're doing a, um, a short book based on the 30s. Yeah. Um, we're doing one on the 50s, 60s, the, the 80s, the, the 70s, the 90s. We're doing a whole collection of them, one every month. Yeah. And that way at the end of the six months, so like in July we'll have a book full of eras um, and like what this means for monster hunters in the equivalent of the gig economy. So like in the thirties, it's, you know, the dust bowl, it's people coming to California from Oklahoma where everything is over farmed and they need money. So oh, they turn to hunting monsters. Um, and so like we take a different approach to I hunts in different periods in, in an effort to, to acknowledge that while the gig economy is unique in a lot of ways and like it's awful and it's late stage capitalism and we're all going to die. Oh my God. But that's always been the case just in different ways. Yeah. Right, right, right. And so I guess the big thing, the, the biggest thing the, um, that we're doing later in the year yeah. is we're doing the second game in the series. Yeah. Um, we're doing, um, it's tentatively called um, Savage Garden, um, Living Forever in the Gig Economy. And it's a game about vampires. Um, but instead of the instead of the approach where vampires are, you know, apex predators and blah, 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 king shit of the darkness or whatever. <laughs> right, um, right. It's millennials and it's being handed eternity, being told, OK, you're going to live forever. And then looking around at the world and thinking, but the world's not going to live forever. And so instead of being a predator, you're a gardener. You you are building a garden. You're building a community because you need to survive. You've been given this amazing gift. And if you don't if you don't build a better tomorrow, there won't be a tomorrow. This is for Avalon. All I can think about right now is is Sam, my vampire NPC <laughs> from is that is exactly <laughs> what I wanted them to be. <laughs> in if that game had continued oh my gosh that's uh well i'm gonna go cry as i there's no small that. part of that that's not my experiences saying well can't i play a humanity eight vampire who is like 
building a herd that she treats well and to preserve them and like treat them fairly so that there's like more blood not less yeah and storytellers yeah. looking at me like you naive fool <laughs> and me being like well okay well i'll make my own damn game then <laughs> yeah that's it's, wonderful yeah yeah it's really nice i um there's i feel similarly about especially like i i, I don't know if I, i'm very about werewolves uh a lot especially <laughs> recently um but I, I always find it very odd that werewolves are often written as like a, a, a gritty and, and dark, like evil, monstrous, whatever. Um, when like the wolf part is like a social pack animal that's like known to raise animals that aren't its own and like and like are are scientifically proven to like share food with strangers and like to feed others and care like it's like it, it's a little it never totally clicked for me why like it always leaned so dark and why we don't see like werewolf characters that like run communes and like like and like want to like take care of people and have like a community and things like that uh so I think not, not to get yeah. too far ahead of ourselves, but our werewolf book, when we get there, will be very like, first of all, it will be very found family based. Yes. Um, mm -hmm. And it will be very like, I don't like to say, oh, this game is a metaphor for X because that's nonsense. But yeah, the werewolves yeah. that you will play most likely are the werewolves who like they just have that in them and they were raised that way and they were raised to kind of like manage their problems so mm. I think of mm. our werewolves more like diabetics um, or, or other like lifelong diseases that like you cope with and you deal with and it does make you different, but it doesn't make you not a human being. Mm -hmm. uh, I could, I could, I, I, I want to <laughs> scream. Uh, like, <laughs> uh it's, it's, it's just, it's just, I mean, it's so fitting like it's so it, I, I I obviously I don't want to like I, I know this is called femsplained but I don't want to actually do that at you but like the the origin of of werewolves is is tied to uh the you know early development or early findings of people with lupus which is why it got its name uh and and <laughs> uh so me having lupus and it is is part of why I'm so into werewolves and you just like literally pinpointed the the allegory to chronic illness that I think is like so inherent in in werewolf story. Yeah, we've been talking about the diabetes thing as a reference for a very long time. Um, but then I saw your thread about lupus and specifically like the werewolf thing and I was like, oh yeah, that's the rest of it. So mm -hmm. <laughs> you, you'll be you'll be quoted in the book if you want to. <laughs> let's finish our vampire game as fast as possible so we can get on to the werewolf. Yes, yeah, so let's get Savage Garden out so next year we can do that. <laughs> that makes me so happy. Oh my gosh, that's so awesome. Oh, wow, I'm so glad there's more coming from you both. Yeah, I'm and like all of it is more exciting than the last thing that you said <laughs> it's like each of those things i was like oh, this decades things reminds me of when you get a scrap of a buffy flashback previous slayer episode and you're just like flapping your arms because you're so excited <laughs> like, oh my god yes. yeah I, yeah I, I and i feel like savage movies. garden fits so well with uh Pablo, the DM for our one shot, had a lot of allegory about Miami sinking and the preservation. And at what point are things even reversible for immortal species? And oh, that's so good. Lovely. Yeah. yeah. Really? I you don't need our validation. You're no, in, but like good but job. Yes. Like, <laughs> <laughs> like super good job. Uh play it to myself later don't you worry <laughs> no the, the target audience is like oh this sounds good that's exactly what we need yeah. uh i i i just i also too want to say like it's really nice to have to hear you both like being so genuinely proud of what you've made it's like I, we we you know we are 
are women who tend to interview a lot of women and a lot of times is a lot of like apologizing happening for like saying nice things about your own stuff. So it's like it's really nice to hear you talk positively and proudly about about what you've created because it is very, very cool and very deserved. There's nothing more radical for a woman than to take credit. There's no there's no more like hardcore action a woman can do than to just say, no, actually, I fucking love this. This is dope. <laughs> um, and so we're radicals, you know, we're <laughs> we're deeply radical as far as that goes. So and we yeah, want other yeah. women to do it, too. Like, please go. You, you go forward. If you're listening to this, go forward and unapologetically love yourself. It's fine. It's good. Oh my God! Put that on my headstone, please. I should... uh, <laughs> Thank you for the free therapy. Yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> oh my gosh! Well, this has been so exciting, so lovely, and I can't wait to see all the many amazing things that are coming from from I Hunt and from you two, uh, in particular. Uh, where? Where should where is the best place? I know there are probably many places to catch up on on what you're doing. What would you say is like the best place that that people should go if they want regular updates and they want to be the first to know about the next thing? Yeah, the honestly, it's it's Patreon. Like you could technically like we we announce everything on Twitter, but like Patreon is where we engage um, directly because that's just the model these days. Um, so yeah, our, our machine machine ah. Our Machine Age Productions Patreon is is like alpha news. It's the first. It's the it's everything. Um, but our, our Twitter, our company Twitter is very funny. Yeah, so. our company Twitter is really good too. <laughs> <laughs> um, and that's Machine Age Inc. Um, and so, but yeah, that's yeah, that's probably the best place. Yeah. Okay. Awesome. Uh, Avalon, what are you gonna do after this? What's your day like? Uh, it's unplanned as of yet. Oh. <laughs> so give I, me something i guess I'm, gonna, gonna... I'm going to work on some of that upcoming stuff i can't talk about oh god <laughs> can you tell me privately yes am i allowed to... okay good uh... <laughs> i just can't tell the podcast <laughs> okay that's fine. i can tell as any person as... i just can't tell the podcast <laughs> okay that's fine that's fine as long as i'm not i'm not being iced out of, of course the... not secret info um okay and uh olivia uh what are you doing after this um well philomena and i are actually going into the office Mm -hmm. um we are going to be working on um stuff we're going to be working on the 1930s book yeah um yeah and the um the i hunt players companion which is a truncated like 60 or so page version of the i hunt rule book um for you know ease of reference um so that's what we're going to be doing today yeah wow oh, wow great get to work because i want because <laughs> we need it <laughs> uh and uh as for me i am going to put something into my body that is not uh caffeine because i have not yet done that and then it is going to be time uh i am going to write for fun i've decided today i haven't done that (laughs) i haven't done that in a million years but i've planned it for myself uh so so that's gonna be it so if you follow me on archive of our own stop stop right now uh (laughs) don't don't uh and that's it um Avalon, what's what's uh where can people engage with Femmes Flamed? Oh goodness. All of the social medias. Uh but predominantly Twitter, I think, is yes. where we're active, but we are on Instagram as well. Yeah. I think it's just Femmes Flamed podcast but... on both places. I'm not on Facebook anymore, so I don't know what's happening there. Oh what? nothing. Nothing's happening <laughs> okay. there. I I make posts. Uh, of everything that we we talk about on Facebook and and they are all as far as I am concerned just floating I'm just throwing them away yeah (laughs) Uh, but they are there it does exist Uh, we have a Facebook page we have uh, Twitter is Femsplained Cast Um, 
and Instagram is Femsplained Podcast. You can email us at Femsplained Podcast uh, at gmail.com and uh-huh. up on our website right now, uh, superdillon.com slash Femsplained, you will see that there is a form to fill out if you want to come on the podcast and talk about uh, something cool that you've done or something that you really love or whatever you want to just geek out with us uh, for approximately one hour about. Uh, So if you're listening and that sounds fun and interesting to you, please go there and fill that out. Um, And of course, if there's somebody that you want to hear do that, you can please send that to them uh, and let them know and lie and say that we're very cool and very popular. <laughs> and that, <laughs> But uh, uh, I, I highly recommend it. Um, and uh, a big thank you again to everybody that showed up to our uh, 50th episode fundraiser. I, I feel like I have not thanked people enough for that. Uh, everybody who who donated. Uh, the donation has officially gone through to Fair Fight uh, of, in the amount of $1,115, which is the largest amount I've ever gotten to donate to anything ever. So I thank you. We thank you so much to the people who came and, and supported us yes. on that. And thank you to 1985 Games and Die Hard Dice for donating giveaway loot so that we could help get those monies. Yeah. Yeah, yeah that was really clutch. Yeah. Um, so thank you thank you again to Olivia and Philomena thank you for the gift of iHunt and of your lovely presence here on the podcast thank you so much yes thank you have a great day bye 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 bye